Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. Welcome to the Nail Movies, everyone. This is the Brazilian Dragon Podcast, and we are here going to the first trip to the the Naomi Cinema Experience. The Cineomi or the Nail Movies, your choice, but we're here to- The Naomi Cinematic Universe, I think. The Naomi Cinematic Universe, starting with The Pink Panther 2006, starring Steve Martin and Beyonce. What what an iconic duo. Put them on The Amazing Race, but I'm not alone. I am the Brazilian Dragon. I am Felipe, and I'm here with the titular- Naomi Calhoun, or in this case, Naomi Cuzo. Naomi, mm. how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Um, I am uh, eating some kimchi. I'll mute myself while that's going on, but I'm just straight up digging into a jar of kimchi while this is happening. That's my movie theater snack of the week. Well, yes, we need to like have the Naomi movie theater snack of the week. That needs to mm-hmm. be a running thing whenever we do this. So this is been, basically we're just going to talk about like movies that were created after we were born i guess but Mm -hmm. like so we can remember seeing them but like who says they're going to be great movies um they're just like movies from nostalgia that uh we wanted to talk about and this idea i believe came up you were doing a kirsten game night you were playing scriblio and you were like throwing the pink panther out there as like a reference you're like wait felipe if you're in the audience let me let's talk about doing this movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well I feel like it's uh, you You hit the nail on the head and it's also this idea of like when I was a kid I remember these movies and now as an adult uh, not only remembering these movies but being an adult who works in like film and television I, I think to myself like are these movies any good were they funny were they entertaining I mean uh, we'll start from the very beginning who does not remember I would like to buy a hamburger you know what I mean I remember so, that like I remember so many pieces of this movie vividly, but right. I feel like I've only seen it once, maybe twice. Exactly. And, it, and it, for me, that's movies like, um, we've talked about a couple, but like, it's almost this idea of like, even Spy Kids, right? You remember the oh, thumbs? Spy or Kids, like, yeah. um, I'm trying to think of what else. Or like, Lava Girl, George Lopez. Yes, yes, like, exactly. Like movies, uh, like movies that, are, or How to Eat Fried Worms, movies that kind of came out in a period of time where you remember them, but you don't remember a lot about them. And I really wanted to like go back and look at them as like, hey, you know, if I had to babysit a kid now, now in this day and age, and I showed them this movie, would they like it? And would I like it? And and you know, this movie was made for me when in two thousand six I was in sixth grade. So like, this movie was made for me, a fifth grader, a sixth grader. I was uh, in. Third what grade. is it now? Yeah. No. Do you have a memory of seeing this movie for the first time? Because I very much have this movie ingrained in my head for one reason, and I can tell the story. Um, I actually don't. I think I did see it in theaters, but I can't think about like 
when, but I definitely watched this movie a couple times. I think because my dad really liked the hamburger scene and my brother and I both really liked it. So we this was a movie that was on repeat. Oh, this while. is a perfect movie for like stupid children like us. <laughs> we like we were. Um, but uh no, I remember seeing this movie in theaters. My friend Tim brought me and his mom and his brother were there, and Tim had this giant like popcorn bowl. And throughout halfway through the movie, I don't know if he was laughing. To, I don't remember how the popcorn ended up on the floor. The entire tub of popcorn was on the floor. And then he, it was like in a mountain. So he would just like scoop pieces of the mountain into his mouth. And his mom yelled at him in the middle of the theater. Like not yell, yell, but that's my memory of seeing this movie in the theater. I kind of love that. That man's yeah. a king. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I have to say that this, so I also have um, distinct memories, actually more distinct memories of, my father getting the entirety of the Pink Panther cartoons on DVD. And Same. I watched the actual Pink Panther cartoons when I was probably around this age, probably based off of, hey, here's the Pink Panther movie, but actually it's based on a cartoon. Do you want to watch the cartoon? Yes. And I always love those cartoons. I, yeah. My parents showed me some old school stuff. My dad's a huge Honeymooners fan and things like that. Where my brother and I got into, I have such a, <laughs> like, I, I feel like they're, my parents accidentally made me really uncool because I have a memory of like being in fourth grade and my mom was helping at like a, a like a picnic end of the year thing. And she brought our boombox from home and I was like, mom, play Earth, Wind and Fire. Like nobody else in my class wanted to listen to Earth, Wind and Fire. And I was like, guys, this song slaps. Why is nobody dancing? Um, but that like they made me kind of an old soul. And the Pink Panther is one of those things that made me a little bit sort of like into the classics. And I love the Pink Panther. And also, yeah. I'm sure, as you know, I play the saxophone and uh, boy, howdy, did I play the Pink Panther theme a lot uh, throughout my lifetime. Did you see saxophone. the tweet that was kind of viral? That's like people who call you an old soul just say that you you're, you got anxiety and depression like at a really young age. <laughs> no. Um, but no, I also like, I don't know if it was like me after this movie that I really wanted, like we had the DVD, like, like three discs at least of the Pink Panther cartoons. And honestly, the best part of the movie was the in, the intro credits where it was like the cartoon itself. Yes. I like, that was like, I was glued. I was like, oh my God, this is actually like pretty good. And you, I was like worried, like, will the Pink Panther part of this hold up or no, that was like some fun stuff. Yeah. And, and I think like to start it off, like I, I really was looking forward to watching this movie because I remembered Beyonce in it. And I, I remember like from time to time, people had said that Beyonce wasn't very good in Dreamgirls. And I was like, huh, I feel like I remember Beyonce being a good actress. And here's what I have to say. This movie is to Austin Powers. Uh, this movie is to the French, what Austin Powers is to the British, where it's like vaguely offensive, terrible accent work. And like, at the end of the day, you're like, who the fuck watched this movie? We did. Why, why did it get a sequel? You know, like, yeah. that's what it feels like I mean, to me. it had to have been, like, a big hit with the kids. That's, like, the only assumption. That yes, they that's... were like, okay, we can, like, make this. Because mm -hmm. I remember, I love this movie. Like, I believe I've only seen it one time. But, like, the hamburger scene, I remember the scene where he, like, goes through customs. Like, the two different hamburger scenes. I, I right. knew the egg was going to hit the biker. Like, I, I knew all these, like, key details that I completely had forgotten. Yeah, like, the, the weather is very mild. Bam. Like, I remember all of that stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like and I guess that's the thing is, um, I thought this, I think overall, um, and as Rob said on, you know, Renap, Renap. why, why? Uh, is a good question. Because this movie, I think, is terrible. But I think that 
the humor that actually sort of sustained in our sort of childhood brain is good. And I wish that they went in that in, in that direction. Um, and I think we'll talk a lot about I was reading some details about the movie and like, I think we'll talk a lot about like what kind of goes wrong with the concept um, and what maybe this movie could do to be better. Okay, before we go any further, when I first watched this movie, I was very confused why there wasn't like the legitimate Pink Panther involved. And now I feel like we're on this era of remakes. What are the chances that within the next five years we see a live action Sonic the Hedgehog Pink Panther? Oh, like Sonic the Hedgehog style, like a CG. Well, okay, so in the IMDb trivia, there's a thing that says that originally the animated title sequence was going to be done in CGI, but the filmmakers decided to stick to the traditional hand-drawn animation. Um, and actually, apparently there's a DVD extra of the, of the CGI. I, I, I think that we could very well get like a Paramount Plus, like Camp Coral, like stylized, like the Rugrats reboot, like the Pink Panther cartoon reboot. Yeah. I, I don't know that the Pink Panther has enough clout. And I think... Uh, but Which I also think that, like the cartoon goes hard the cartoon goes hard and I think that this this is inherently the problem with the movie is that like obviously Peter Sellers does a really good job in these sort of 60s movies but like Clouseau is such an unbelievable sort of Mr. Bean type but if he's not played like I, I don't know it's like it's really really hard to write a script where a character sort of stumbles ass backwards into what they're trying to do without yeah. it being a cartoon like a Mr. Magoo type because it's just such a hard storyline to pull off time and time again so I feel like it could be a cartoon um and and this also goes we'll go further into this of like I actually think in the cartoons Inspector Clouseau is not an idiot he's just outsmarted yeah and that's what this movie is missing at the end of the day is like he's not being outsmarted by uh you know a, a, a an actual legitimate Pink Panther you know yeah. he's just kind of an idiot and I feel like it it it's like all of the concept of Mr. Bean with literally none of the charm or execution. Yeah. So just for context, this was released in the United States on February 10th, 2006. It is a remake of the original Pink Panther franchise, as well as a follow-up to all the cartoons, starring Steve Martin as Jacques Clouseau and Beyonce as Xenia, and then also Kevin Klein as Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of unknowns. I legitimately thought... Nicole was played by uh, Kelsey from High School Musical for a second. That, oh, oh, come on. Emily Mortimer. Like, it, well, here's the thing. These are all, like, pretty darn well-established actors. Like, Jean Renault is in um, that movie with Natalie Portman when she's a little kid that I can't remember. But, like, yes, as a kid, none of these people mattered to me except for Steve Martin. Yeah. And Beyonce. And Beyonce, yeah. Well, it was Beyonce even, like, I feel like this was, like, right at the precipice of Beyonce breaking out like to the mega like she was already big but like i think this was like right around the time where she like went over yeah dream girls is also 2006 and i feel like what dream girls was was beyonce's foray into like i can be an actor i i can be a successful sort of actress on the big screen and i don't think it really worked out i think that beyonce was in this era where she was trying to be like this little demure pop star kind of like a Brit, not even like a Britney Spears, but like a, like maybe even like, um, like a Lindsay Lohan or something where someone's like, oh, like I can sing, but I can also do movies. 
and she was being so demure and like that's not who Beyonce is I think Beyonce being her authentic self is obviously what makes her so important yeah and such a good entertainer and I think when you watch a documentary like with Beyonce you see that she's she's so very clearly like a respectable artist and she doesn't need to be doing like stupid kids films and and yeah. like I, I will say I think Beyonce was one of the best parts of this movie like I think I, I, I don't know if you disagree and you know you want oh to that's so funny actually I think Jean Renault is one of the best parts of this movie um Which that's, that's oh yeah, oh, yeah. He, he's, the, he's the other one it's like him and Emily Mortimer and Beyonce I think were like the three standouts to me like I thought Steve Martin mm, I think I think you know I think Steve Martin's terrible in this movie and I think that Beyonce is um Beyonce's character Zanya is like really poorly written and I yeah. feel like with better direction and better I thought her acting writing. was like above what I expected like it, it is but it's also the I think the movie doesn't know what it wants and we'll we'll, we'll get into that further like yeah. <laughs> the movie doesn't know yeah. what it wants Beyonce to do do you want to read what I tweeted texted you over the weekend out loud? um oh yes <laughs> it because I said save this for the pod um Felipe and I had been putting this off and putting this off and you said this movie showcase this movie should be showcased as an example when people say a cab <laughs> am I wrong or am I wrong no you're not wrong I'm, right, uh, I'm also reading Cisco talk a little bit because I'm reading um Roger Ebert's review one and a half star review of the Pink Panther right now yes um so I'll just like go through the quick plot summary and then we mm-hmm. can jump around uh, so basically a soccer match between France and China Eve Gluant is uh, wearing the priceless Pink Panther diamond. He gives a hug to Zanya, and then France wins. They're celebrating. Gluant is killed by a poison dart, and the Pink Panther has gone missing. Um, meanwhile, Dreyfus wants to win uh, the Légion d'Honneur, and Charles and he promotes clumsy policeman uh, Jacques Clouseau to uh, to be the inspector for the case, and he draws the media's attention. And he, while Dreyfus can like lurk around behind the scenes to try to find and crack the case, Clouseau also befriends Ponton, who is there to keep an eye on Clouseau. And then also he falls in love with Nicole through some various shenanigans. Meanwhile, Bizou, a French player, I'm literally reading the Wikipedia article. Um, So I'm setting my source. Um, Bizou is a French player who originally dated Zanya. Uh, He blamed Gouant for stealing her away. He's the prime murder suspect, but then he's killed in the locker room. Uh, and at the casino, Clouseau meets uh, MI, MI6 agent Nigel Boswell, who foils a robbery and then gives Clouseau back his coat. And people think that it was him. So he is yes, nominated for the... Bandits. Yes, he was uh, nominated for the Legion d'Honneur by then. They follow Zanya to New York City. Ponton insists that she is a suspect because Luan cheated on her, but Clouseau believes she's innocent. They go to a diamond shop and that's uh, a plot detail that doesn't really follow anything. I thought the diamonds that on the bag were going to be when I was rewatching this. Uh, the poison that killed Luan is found to have been derived by Chinese herbs. Dreyfus, Dreyfus concludes that the Chinese uh, is Dr. Ping. The Chinese killer was Dr. Ping. Dreyfus uh, has swapped Clouseau's bag because he thinks he's onto something. And then Clouseau can't say the word hamburger, so they think he's saying handguns when he is... Uh, marked by TSA. Dreyfus demotes Clouseau. He is like a clown. And then uh, they arrest, he is going to arrest Dr. Ping at the presumptive ball where Zanya is going to perform. And then Clouseau solves the mystery because of a TMZ article that has the security photo of the diamond. 
And he's like, oh my God, they were killed by the same person. And then uh, he breaks in, there's like hijinks. And basically uh, he finds out that it was the Russian trainer who killed everyone and was going to target Xenia and the Pink Panther was not stolen, but sewn into the lining because he, uh, Luan proposed and she accepted, but then it's now rightfully hers. Also, um, there was a whole scene where he interrogated this Chinese lady and he was like, I know Chinese and that came back at the end. So um, we also didn't talk about the whole holiday in scene where there's like so many scenes, but basically he wins, Kuzo wins the Legion d'Honneur and poor Dreyfus gets manslaughtered by Kuzo. Yeah, my favorite thing is that you cannot even muster up enough enthusiasm to describe this movie because it fucking sucks. Like, I was very glad it was only an hour and a half. Yes, it, it, it actually flies by, but let's talk about my biggest issue with this whole movie, which is the whole fucking premise. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the whole existence. The whole thing. Because this, first of all, this, this idea is that a Jason Statham, Jason Statham is murdered at a televised soccer game with a blow dart to the neck in front of, you would have to assume hundreds of thousands of fans and then millions of people watching on TV. Nobody knows when he died, how he's killed. And then not only that, but spoiler alert the reveal at the end is that jason statham just handed off the diamond to beyonce which is like okay that's fine but then they're like the ring is missing it would have been missing the whole game he talked to her before the game started like there's there's no reason why anybody wouldn't know that he's missing the the pink panther diamond i'm like i don't understand i'm i'm so perplexed we turned her camera i turned my camera on because i'm i'm too tired of like ranting about this and Okay, so first of all, there's a fucking murder at the center of this kid's movie. Um, but then there's also more murders. It's not like it's one murder and, like, kids will move on from it. Like, a fucking... Uh, another fucking guy gets shot. Like, there, the, oh my god. This movie is so stupid. There's also and then, sexual harassment. There's also sexual harassment. There's also, like, all these weird sex jokes. And, like, they're not funny. They're just uncomfortable. And, like, as a kid, you would never understand what they're supposed to be referring to. Pause, pause. Yes. There is no way Steve Martin ever has a chance with Beyonce. I am sorry. Oh, yeah. That, well, okay. This, uh, that will bring me to late, later my Beyonce rant and, and okay. this character rant because I, I, th- I think you're correct and I think that it's also the, the, the storytelling is bad because it, the scene could work. And it, at, okay, hang on. So, th- okay, not only is this movie about a murder, it's also about a diamond missing, which is fine. I like the twist that they don't actually have anything to do with each other. But then also this idea that Kevin Klein is like, okay, he'll go be like a public figure for everybody to be like distracted by. I'll go solving the real murder. We like, so Kevin Klein like sets up this movie, then fucks off, then pops in every once in a while to just get like the ass kicked out of him by Steve Martin and then be like, I'm going to solve this case. I swear to God. And like, yeah, this movie basically shows that like cops suck and don't do anything right. But at the same time, I feel like, the the end of the movie when it's revealed that this is how like there's a fucking slow-mo shot of yuri the trainer who trains stabbing jason statham in the neck in the fucking crowd and it's like how did nobody solve that and then it's also like beyonce had the pink panther diamond in her purse but it went through tsa how did nobody look at that tmz photo you know what i mean like the, the premise is so fucking insane Oh my god, I just fucking hated the whole like th- i hated the script from top to bottom and like i feel like like 
there's so many okay like, i feel like what, there's a universe where this movie works right and and one of my other favorite steve martin like my, one of my favorite steve martin comedies from when i was a kid is cheaper, cheaper by, by the, the dozen, dozen. Oh, that, I, th- I was going to say that as a joke. I didn't know that you were... No, I love Cheaper by the Dozen. I, I like stand the second by one more. Is that a hot take? Yes, because the second one's disturbingly garbage. <laughs> it but... is garbage, but like they reference my high school in it. Oh, okay. Well, so so I think that um, the the other thing is that I think that that movie has a lot of Steve Martin doing physical comedy, but also doing a little bit of heart, blah, blah, blah. And that movie, I think, works on a lot of levels because the script is good, the premise is good. You know they're the execu- a TV show remake, right, of that movie? No, when? On Disney+. Plus, It's going to be oh, like... They. At least it's going to be more diverse. Whatever. And and, and I'm not to, well, not whatever to diversity, whatever to the idea of remaking every fucking show. You heard it here first, Naomi. You heard it. RHA had P out of context. Don't tweet me. Um, but I think that like this movie suffers from uh, just shoehorning in a bunch of like stupid visual jokes and then being like, all right, let's write the plot around it. Um, and it's fine. Like a kid's never going to care about that stuff. But I found it to be like the, the movie makes no sense when the murder is so easily solvable that like it, it it would be absurd at the idea that it needed more than two seconds of investigation like that said what a misdirect by highlighting the gun when he does the mission impossible scene like the gas the gas mask right. raid um and the gun is highlighted like poison dart gun and then it never comes into like yep like that's that's like intentionally misleading your audience I just think that this movie is like the Pink Panther. Also, I think the cartoons, like I said earlier, um, are about this idea of like about the Pink Panther outsmarting Inspector Clouseau. And I, I, I have. But when you don't have a Pink Panther, right? And I feel like we don't have a Pink Panther. We don't even have like a Pink Panther bandit. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they're really missing the actual element of the Pink Panther. But I also haven't seen the Peter Sellers movies in a long time. But I, I I know that they're just better because people actually hold those in high regard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you watch the Peter Sellers movies? I've never, but my dad was saying what we were watching. He's like, uh, the first one was so much better. You need to watch the original. And then, but like as, during the hamburgers, he's like, oh, that's directly from it. Like, right. Okay. So then that's like, that's why it works. And that's like embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, where do you want to go? Do you want to talk about Steve Martin as a whole? Like, like. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is like. This is basically a solo project with, like, a few background characters. Yeah, and I feel like he doesn't hold it. Like, you, you, he, the accent, I think, is so terrible. Yeah. Like, Richard, like, the Dreyfus character is excusable, right? Kevin Klein is fine. Jean Reno is actually French. But, like, and Emily Mortimer is doing a serviceable accent as well. But, like, for whatever reason, they're like, okay, he's dumb, so he has to have the dumbest French accent of all time. Have you seen and... Black Widow or no? No, not yet, but okay, it's I, I, I won't spoil anything, but there's, like, a character who's, like, a Cockney actor doing a Russian accent, and it's not good. Um, That's what I mean, is, like, when the, the accent, I feel like, is just, is just really bad. And it, it feels like... um the same sort of idea of like what the love guru was in a weird way of like let's just have beloved comedian so and so do a weird funny accent and people will love it um and and i was reading in the imdb trivia that like they had to do like five million dollars of reshoots 
to tone down the movie to get it to a PG rating, which to me is is such a worse, like, Don't make imagine it. pitching this movie as like, oh, teenagers are going to love it. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Like, I feel like they probably made the right decision with the movie, like, being geared towards kids. But at the same time, they probably, like, more people might have liked it. This movie might be salvageable if it was, like, geared towards adults. Yeah, I, I guess so. What it's do like you that okay. weird, like, because like, then the kids loved it, but then like when they watch it as an adult, they're like not going to show it to their kids because they're like, oh, what is this trash? Right. Like, okay, I think actually a good a good parallel to make is the Scooby Doo movie because oh, so good uh, because the Scooby Doo movie is is pretty funny to watch back as an adult, and I think actually not as horrendous as people remember it to be. Oh, um, Scally and I give it five stars. I know, that. like, that's what I'm saying, is, like, like people like that movie in retrospect, and I think a lot of that has to do with this idea of, like, if you make a movie that's for children but enjoyed by adults, um, if it's just fart and pe- farts and people getting hit by, you know, whatever random item... It's it's not as funny. Like it, it just doesn't hold up because it's it's fucking stupid and you have to be a little kid to kind of enjoy that stuff. And I feel like what the Scooby Doo movie does so well is it's like kind of for adults and yeah. and, and executes that way better. Like the way like even a Pixar movie that like will have like or Shrek, like these jokes that you miss and then you go back mm. and appreciate like those are like perfect because they're like they straddle that line so well and like have so much respect for those writers. Um, I will say, like, the only scene that, like, I didn't feel, like, dragged super long, and that was, like, just chicanery, um, was the Holiday Inn scene with, like, even though, like, it was so stupid in concept, but, like, all the special effects, I was, like, really appreciative of, like, everything that was going, not the special effects, but, like, the, like, the, the water and the pyro (laughs) departments doing, like, good work. Uh, Felipe, I have to say, I think it's so funny that you, that you misinterpret that scene to be at the Holiday Inn. When Beyonce clearly says, "Join me at the Waldorf," Waldorf okay, because they had the product placement for the yes, holiday. they had the product placement for the Holiday Inn, which made me laugh. Um, but yes, were that takes. Me, no I McDonald's thought that was a good set piece. What were you surprised with all the hamburger stuff? No McDonald's or Burger King. Uh, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that that no burger company wanted to get in on this because I think it's actually a perfect product placement situation. Um, yeah. Okay, so first of all. I agree with you that that scene is good. Uh, the the sort of slapstickness of it. Um, all for a Viagra. <laughs> all for a, which which holy cow! When I realized that Steve Martin's pulling out a boner pill to fuck Beyonce, I really had to like lie down for a second because I did not remember that. I paused the movie and didn't come back for two days. I, I I genuinely like paused the movie and came back like hours later because I was like I cannot believe that was something that just happened and was supposed to believe, be believed by me as an audience member. I was I was kind of offended frankly at this idea. But Beyonce should have been offended. Beyonce? Yes. And this okay, this brings me to my 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 theory about the character of Beyonce, right? Beyonce's the character of Beyonce the character of Beyonce, because she basically is playing Beyonce. Yeah. Um, the character of Zanya would work if she was much more clearly playing dumb and being manipulative. Yeah. Because she does that thing where she's like, I have to go to New York for something vague. That's kind of a, that's a funny joke. There you go. That's funny. And, and you know, Inspector Clouseau is like, oh, of course you can go to New York for something vague. And he, he's clearly horny for her. It's all awful to witness as an adult. But... 
this is to say that if Zanya was um, more of like a, oh, I had no idea, Inspector, and like was leading him away. I think the problem also is that Zanya has nothing to do with the murder, so she doesn't have any reason to sort of lead him away from a conclusion. Um, and there's no, the stakes of the Pink Panther Diamond are, are absolutely dog shit. Like, oh, where's the diamond? Oh, it's rightfully hers. It's fine. Move it on. All right. End of the movie, folks. You know what I mean? Like, and this is why I have to disagree with you when you say that Beyonce's performance is good, because I think that Beyonce's performance could be better. I think if, if the director made this character much more of a manipulator while being sweet and Cavett came across that way, it would be really good. Yeah, no, I... I think in terms of the acting, Beyonce did what like better than I expected, but like because she didn't have direction or good writing to back her up, like she couldn't like excel in the role as like she potentially could have. I feel like Beyonce isn't like a terrible actress. Like I haven't seen Dreamgirls no, she, in a minute. Yeah, she's she's completely passable. Yeah, like there's other stars like who are literally there because they're like a known quantity that like can't act as good as Beyonce. Can I think of one off the top of my head right now? No, but. I, I I have faith in my statement. <laughs> well, th- this also like kind of brings me to this idea that like everything is so poorly written because, and I think you know this in like screenwriting, every scene should be saying something. And what happens in children's movies like this, where the scenes are just dedicated to comedy and characters getting hurt, when there's not really a second layer to it. Um, or it's just hitting the same beats over and over, right? Oh, Kevin Klein wants to, you know, fuck over Clouseau or blah, blah, blah. Or Emily and Clouseau look like they're having sex, but they're not. It it really takes away from the, the runtime of, of, like, what they could be... It, it takes away from their ability to actually tell any sort of interesting story because half of the runtime is dedicated to Clouseau knocking somebody on their ass. And it's not funny enough the fifth time he does it. Yeah. And yeah, the story biker. is so weak that it, it, it really, like, fails. Yeah. It's, like, very um, annoying. Like, that biker, justice for that biker. Yeah, really? justice for that biker. I hope he's doing okay and thriving. Um, what, yeah. um, what, what do you think of Jean Renault's character? Because I think that uh, a, this is the nice. best character in the movie. Oh, yeah. And I feel like there was actual, like, emotional weight. Like, he mm. talked about his wife. Um, in one scene and then like also he felt conflicted because he wanted to be like a friend to Clouseau but like he, he was like a double dealer um, like backstabber sort of character like that's how we're introduced like we know his motive but I felt like he was like the best part of the movie by far yeah he delivers a really good performance I think he's actually kind of an indication like I, I do have a, a very um uh <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, if th- these are like the memory points, obviously, uh, the hamburger scene, all this stuff, but the the them going like this against the wall in their like, um, I'm sticking yeah. my arms out, nobody can see, or nobody will be able to see, but like, you know, when they're in that full body cat suit yeah. covered and matching like the wall? The, on the, the cover art for the HBO which, Max. Which is also so funny because it's like, that premise is like, they need to sneak in, but they sneak in we never see them actually enter the building, which is inherently right. the harder part of sneaking in. They, they're just already in the building, you know, whatever. Cut corners. 
but when he when John Renault is dancing and, and he's um and he's dancing in the suit, he is funny because we haven't seen that side of him before. Yeah. Whereas Steve Martin's just kind of like going way too hard and it's it's not as entertaining. Um but I always remember that like there's Zanya's backup dancers. I always remember that scene. <laughs> yes, he put he put his whole heart into that dance. Yes, yes he did. And I thought and and he's really funny in it. And like that's another image that's like burned into my brain from this movie. Okay. If we were to recast this movie in a modern perspective, like, and then try to make it better, I know we did this with Stuck in the Suburbs. Yeah. Who would you cast as Puzo? I have a clear person for uh, his character, though. The, uh, what's his friend's name? John, John Renault's John, character? John Renault, yeah, I don't remember the character's name, but. It's something with a P. Okay. Jonathan Banks, 100%. Jonathan Banks? Yeah. Mike German show? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. That's fun. That would be really funny, actually. I would, I would kind of like that. But yeah, I think you also just make him an American. Like, make it an American who has no time for this French nonsense. Here's yeah. okay. Here's my pitch for Clouseau. Ready? Problematic fave. <laughs> John Mulaney. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Because he's got the. I think also like Clouseau. And this I think he's kinda, more of a Tintin. Tintin. Okay, well, everybody's clamoring for a Tintin reboot. Well, because I think, like, or you could even, honestly, you could honestly even do I Love Him, Ben Schwartz. Like, I think what you need for Clouseau is, like, a Gene Wilder sort of, not to say that John Mulaney and, and Ben Schwartz are Gene Wilder, but, like, you need a gangly sort of, like, crazy-eyed motherfucker, right, to play Clouseau. And I think that in this day and age, you also need somebody who's a little bit more young who can sort of really throw himself into the physical comedy because I actually think Steve Martin is really restrained in how he does the physical comedy. He, like, again, like, when you watch SNL and you watch Chris Farley throw himself into a fucking table, like, that's what this movie needs and that's not what that's not what Steve Martin's giving. I, I think you need somebody who's a little bit younger who can, like, really throw himself into it. What's that? Pete Davison? No, uh, did you watch The King of Staten Island? I did that not. Was okay. Was, yeah. Moises Arias is in it. Not Rico. Disney Channel King. Did he age well? I don't know. He's supposed to be like kind of a shithead in the movie, so I can't tell. Okay. Good on him getting some coins. Okay, wait, pause. You know that Jason Earls was like 35 when he did Hannah Montana? Yes, is this not... Th- okay. This just, was known to me when I was a child watching So Hannah some people Montana. didn't know that, and I, like, literally said <laughs> How I Met Your Mother episode with the glass shatters when I told them. I was, um... I was talking to Danny. I, I, You know what How I Met Your Mother joke always stays with me? Is the, um... Let's get a bar and name it Puzzles. Why? That's the, <laughs> the puzzle. puzzle. That's my favorite How I Met Your Mother joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's the puzzle. How I Met Your Mother, I feel like, had some good moments, but, like, in hindsight, so problematic. Yeah, and don't at me, but Robin and Barney should have ended up together. Do not at me. I don't want to hear about it. I'm correct. Why did we allow Ted Mosby to traumatize his children with stories of his sex life for 10 years? I know. Like, can you imagine? That, first of all, David Henry putting up with it. But could you imagine? Hey, don't, more... don't disrespect Lindsay for, for, for Seca or whatever her name is. Bitch, you're acting like I know who that kind of is. Um, but like, could you imagine your dad sat you down and was like, okay, I'm going to tell you about every single woman I fucked when I was living in New York city in my thirties, you would run for the hills. Call CPS. 
It calls events because your dad just wants to tell you about all the women he fucked in New York City, and that's crazy. And then you find out because he's like he misses his like deceased wife, and like right, and your mom's dead. Your mom's dead, and your dad wants to just oh my god, oh my god, it's an insane premise. It would be fine if the mom was alive, right? It'd be fine if it was like happy fiftieth anniversary, baby. But instead, it's like no, she's dead. Oh my god, I, I'm just mad I about this movie all over again about the show. <laughs> Should we do a podcast on How I Met Your Mother? Like, binge watch all 10 seasons or 19? No, you know what other movie I'm trying to think came to mind uh, while we were talking is... Um... Marshall? Oh, Danny. No, Danny and I have been talking about watching that again, though. Because that's a movie I saw when I was in, like, uh, early high school that I feel I like... I saw that movie on a plane. That was, like, the first 10 minutes should have taught me to, like, not watch that on a plane. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, me accidentally choosing to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on a plane and then getting to that end scene and being like... Mm, Maybe I should be respectful to the people around me. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel um, like plane movies are inherently like the most like awful choices for us like to watch. Like I feel like there's so many bad options on plane. Oh, I have a really funny fuck. I I tweeted this. I oh no, I have it in my notes app. So I was on a plane and I could the the movie that they were showing to everybody was um was Ready Player One, and I wrote down this quote from this man on the plane in front of me. He said, I like that it's in the future, but they're playing music from now. That's legitimately what a person in front of me said on the plane it's about Ready Player One, and I fucking lost my fucking mind. It was so funny. <laughs> you know what movie I want to watch? Snow Dogs. Okay. That one you would have... I don't think I've ever seen that one. That's a Disney... That's Cuba Gooding... It's probably on Disney+. Plus. Cuba Gooding Jr., like moves from Is it like, like air buddies oh wait i'm just vaguely... no, no no it's cuba gooding jr moves from like some like miami or california to like alaska to like train sled dogs there's like one with eight dogs that i've seen that's kind of depressing i don't think it's the same one uh <laughs> like Aren't they all depressing all the animals or mvp most valuable primate i love those movies yeah um no, uh there was a suggestion oh Another plane movie that I've watched, it was the one with uh, Billy Crystal, where he's a grandfather for his, like, estranged daughter, and then, like, all these children, and then there's, like, Carl, the imaginary kangaroo. I don't remember the movie. Here, I'm gonna Google this, and then I'll... Billy Crystal... What the... Carl, the imaginary kangaroo. What about... What about kangaroo? Parental Guidance. Parental With Billy Crystal and Bette Midler. Oh! Marissa Tomei. Not O to that movie, because that movie, um, sounds insane. Um... You know what? I, I, I've told this story before a little bit, but like, this is the movie that we need to cover on here is The Pacifier. Oh, think, been, that's on Disney Plus for sure. Okay, because I, I've, and I'll tell Is it about if, family? No, because, okay, so The Pacifier. No, it's a it, Fast and Furious joke. Oh, oh, right, right, right. I've seen The right, Pacifier. Right, right. I mean, the Pacifier has the scene where it turns out that the kid has a Nazi armband in his locker, right? I forgot about that scene. But but turns out he's on the Sound of Music production. He doesn't want to tell anybody. But uh, I watched that movie, and I turned to my babysitter at the time, and I said, "What's a Nazi?" And my babysitter had to explain the Nazis to me, a little Jewish girl. Uh, and I feel bad for her. And Chris and I hope you're doing all right. Um, but that movie I want to watch back. Her and Chris. Who's Chris? Kristen was my babysitter. Oh, I thought you said I feel bad for her. Oh, sorry, sorry. I feel bad for her, Kristen. I'm so sorry. Yeah, did, did you have to tell your parents afterwards? Have you ever asked your I think she did have to tell my parents. And if not, I definitely told my parents by, by that time to be like, uh, so I did this to our babysitter when I was a child. 
<laughs> was Alec there or no? He, I don't think he was watching it with us. I don't remember him being there. Um, okay. But but he probably would have been like around or something. Yeah. Um, what uh, what? Okay, I'm I'm just thinking about this movie, right? The Pink, Pink Panther. Getting you back have to on read track. the Ebert Ebert review later. Okay, we'll summarize it. Here's some good quotes. Um, <laughs> the mounting scale of each disaster is like a slapstick version of the death scenes in Final Destination Three, where a perfectly ordinary day in the stockroom can end with a death by nail gun. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I think the even in purely physical scenes, something is missing. I think maybe the problem is that Steve Martin is sane and cannot lose himself entirely to the idiocy. Sellers, who liked to say he had no personality, threw himself into a role that that if a desperate grabbed all the behavior, uh, uh, threw himself into a role as if desperate to grab all the behavior he could and run away with it and hide it under the bed. Um. There are moments that are funny in a mechanical way, as when Clouseau causes a giant world globe to roll out of an office and into the street and turn up much later to crash into a bicycle racer. But every moment in the movie, I was aware that Peter Sellers was Clouseau and Steve Martin was not. And I feel like that's also the thing, like, it, this is a movie that, um, and, and one of my favorite film podcasts is Blank Check with Griffin and David, and griffin and david are pals and like something griffin i always something griffin said that i always think is really interesting is that, like this idea of when film pivoted from 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 animated when animated movies pivoted from being just about animated storytelling to being vehicles for stars to just do voice work and this kind of feels like that same idea to me of like it's steve martin as inspector clouseau but it's really just steve martin and and at the yeah. end of the day it's like he never really feels like he's actually embodying any sort of character whereas i have to give credits like emily mortimer and rich and kevin klein is like they actually feel like they're kind of embodying a character yeah even jason statham who has no fucking lines in this movie does a better job of being the character than uh fucking steve martin i gotta say i got very much zidane vibes and i was just waiting for him to headbutt someone what Oh, French soccer joke. Felipe, look. Speaking of soccer, which I thought was very funny, but I was watching this movie around the time of the the Euro Cup. Um, all I know is it's coming home, but it didn't come home, and that's all I know. And I'm not I even like an English the bicycle fan. kick. Oh, yeah, the oh right, the bicycle kick. I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do we want to talk about any of the like other characters, like the Bizu, like? I feel like a lot of this movie was like meandering just like they were just trying to like get their way like through physical comedy but like the, oh, yeah. why the plot Chris- of the movie could have been like 30 minutes yeah why is Kristen Chenna within this movie right like, oh my god I forgot she was in here until you just said that like she why, why is she in this movie I don't know I don't know good question I, I, I think that like the Bazoo characters I, I, I like this I, I think the problem is that they kept going like oh who could it be who could it be but that's another Rather scene than, I remember, though, like the chalk line, like the that he, uh, yeah, like it was a perfectly he fell into the perfect perfectly into this yeah that and the um I remember the sound or like do not leave France like I remember <laughs> those um but I I feel like I I want to know um what you think we could do to fix this movie like how Perfect. do we improve this movie um as it is in it like let's say we're in 2006 and they've brought us in to fix this movie how do we fix it um 
either lean harder into like making it a kids movie or like make it adult and like be like okay kids you can enjoy this when you're older because i feel like when they said they were they were probably like excited because oh the people who grew up with the pink panther cartoon can watch it like this or like grew up with the original and then like but no this is like i feel like only people our age appreciated this movie Right, and and nobody remembers it very fondly. Although it is funny, I was reading like the letterbox reviews, and some people's letterbox reviews for this were like, "I love this movie." And I was like, "What?" Well, so um, when I told Jacob that I was doing this movie, he's like, "That's such a good movie," and I don't think he's rewatched it since he was a kid. Right. Like, I'm not gonna like drag him and say like his opinion bad, <laughs> and like maybe he has, and he has a bad opinion here, but I don't think so. I think he just hasn't seen it when he was since he was a kid. And then when I went on Renap, and I was like, "This movie sucked," and then I don't think anyone disagreed with that statement. Right. I, and I think that's the the takeaway at the end of the day, right? Is that like this movie is is bad and kind of like a way that is is almost disrespectful to the idea of a kids movie. Does that make yeah. sense? Like most of the time, kids movies are like the Minions, right? It's it's just like a you know a bit run into the hole in the ground. But at the hey, very least, don't disrespect the Minions in front of me. Well, I, <laughs> I was gonna say Despicable Me is a is a decent movie like yeah. it's not great but it, it's a pretty good kids movie all things considered yeah. and Ooh, i think speaking that... of kids movies i want to do i'm gonna do over the hedge <gasps> oh yes i watched over the hedge and Boy, also howdy, um, avril lavigne every, this, everybody's I, a voice in that movie huh uh yeah and then also uh, flushed away that's another one i would want to do oh i think like I all these I've dreamworks seen, movies I, i've never seen flushed away i would like dark tale the will smith fuggo fish oh uh, okay, yeah, we'll talk about Shark Tale because uh, when I was a kid, I went to uh, the mo- the drive-in theater that was in my town, and I watched Shark Tale with my Girl Scout troop, and then I watched uh, a few scenes of Dreamgirls, and then my mom was like, we're going home, and I was like, I want to see Dreamgirls, it's a musical, I like musicals, and then Eddie Murphy did cocaine, and now I know why my mom <laughs> didn't let me see Dreamgirls. Um, I- <laughs> Just take the money and run. <laughs> oh you're nagging too i um i think that like this movie is uh is so poorly written where the comedy doesn't even really work like it's so just I, straight slapstick there's like right. no, nothing about it that's like funny like unless you're like really into seeing people get hurt but after like how many times is it funny still like so, I think there's a couple. Good, so, so there, I think a couple good scenes that like could be extrapolated are like one, the fake 007 like setting him up. I think is a funny idea, right? Yeah, setting him up for success. Two, I think the scene of them in the at the end in you know where Sonya's dad backup dancers. I think is a good scene. I, I like think, the Waldorf hotel scene. Yeah, I like the Waldorf hotel scene, and I like the scenes where they beat up those guys in the elevator, and then they're <laughs> yes. like, "We took out your henchman." It's like, "What henchman?" He's like, "Never mind." I, I did laugh when he was like dancing in the background while like the other guy did all the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's like just like not helping at all, and then the the last he's thing like, was, "It's karate time." Right. <laughs> that's that's the new karate time dance. Um, the the last scene I was gonna say is when um when Nicole is in the apartment and she slams his finger in the door and he gets stuck in the door. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like so visceral when you're an adult watching that scene, like, you know, as, especially as you get older and you slam your fingers into like more car doors and shit. But that's a scene where it's like, it's it's built into the idea, right? We have established that he likes to karate chop whatever and, and make sure that the area, the area is secure. But he, so that's like baked into the idea of, of this character but i feel like so much like the globe and stuff uh 
and and I actually I like the scene where he like takes the clacky balls in, in Kevin Klein's office and like they just scatter everywhere. But I feel like what they don't often do, they're just like, okay, what if he just like hits a biker with his door? And like that doesn't feel yeah. like what we kind of actually established in the opening scene of like him or the opening where he like uh, helps the guy in the like motorized scooter and just sends him backwards. Like yeah. Clouseau is trying and fails, and it feels like those scenes with like the globe and the hitting people with the car doors are just him like hitting people and not caring. Yeah, and no. that that that's not the right idea. Especially if they, he's like supposed to be the heart of the movie, and like they tried to go for an emotional scene when he was like fired, but that was like lasted two minutes. Yeah, not the emotional beats are actually best with Renault when he goes like, "Oh, you knew," and I, I think that's one of the best emotional beats in the movie, but like we don't get enough of it and i think it also i think that's another great point you bring up of like clouseau's character is a guy who thinks that he knows everything and and people tell him he's, he's like you know oh clouseau does not know chinese like he he gets offended at the idea that people think he's dumb but then when people like very clearly think he's dumb he doesn't really register it and then it only hits him for like a two-minute scene where yeah. he's sad about and he gets saved by tmz dumb. Right, um, like so. So, I, I'm I'm curious what like you would like what what scenes should be in here to almost like elevate. Well, I have some scenes that I'm ready to cut. Uh, yeah. The scene where he goes to the guy with the vases and he's like, he "I want to cut your brass balls or whatever." Oh yeah, cut that. Yeah, yeah. Cut yeah, that entire nice. scene. That was so. The piranhas in the tank. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. that makes no sense. Um, there were like a few other scenes that like could have been cut that uh, like we didn't like. It was obviously memorable, but in hindsight, like, how, like, did we need more than, like, 30 seconds of a hamburger dialect? Yeah, that scene went on really long. I was yeah. shocked at how, like, long it was going. Yeah, because then I think the airport scene was fun. Um, the airport scene's good. It reminds uh, me of Meet the Parents when he's, like, uh, at the airport and he's in the, he's like, you think I have a bomb in here? Like, bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think that that's, that's a scene where there's actually um a lot of like characters at play and everybody's sort of playing the way although weird that i guess the dog is named w and i don't really know why but it felt for a second like it was named like w after like george bush i don't know oh. i was like this is weird no yeah um, not a, maybe it was dw after may, maybe uh, our, our favorite uh not our favorite horn sister yeah <laughs> although <laughs> although why did like why why didn't he just like show that he had hamburgers like i don't know Take like the burgers out of your pocket you stupid man right like there's there's something i i you know i get it but i also feel like a lot of clouseau's um idiocy just like doesn't actually work when you think like a little bit longer about it yeah one thing that i really want to touch on is like the nicole clouseau dynamic like so he mm. sexually harasses her at one point he like slaps her and then uh like there's like a lot of like the heimlich is like read very sexual and then like the first scene that they're in like he she's like on a ledge and jumps down and like yeah none of those jokes are particularly funny and and like somebody said that this movie is misogynistic and i actually kind of disagree i think that this movie just doesn't know what to do with its female characters and so the only thing they can do is make them sexy which i guess is a little bit of no, this movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. And I think it is, yeah, sure, it is misogynistic. But I don't think it's, like, supposed to be, like, anti-women. I just think it doesn't know that women are humans. That kind of misogyny. Yeah. I, the, and then Nicole, and she's doing, like, Emily, 
actually one of my favorite one of the funnier scenes is when he kisses her and he takes off her glasses and then she can't see anything that's funny like yeah. i like that also mood because like when i take off my glasses i can't fucking see anything um and i i like that the the trope that was kind of playing on but like so the, i i don't know like it's such weird sex stuff in this movie for like children i didn't fucking like it i was grossed yeah. out by a lot of it yeah do you want to really did you did you go on like your full rant about the the hotel scene or was did you already like you said you had it later but i don't know if that was oh like, well that hotel there. scene should have been beyonce trying to seduce him to like get him a, like like beyonce's just like and there Actually, were hints of there, but like right, yeah. but it's not exactly. It's not fully executed, and you're like, so is Beyonce just trying to straight up have sex with Steve Martin, and then he like needs to take Viagra, and you're like, this is horrifying, and then like of course Beyonce, this is his last one too. Yeah, and like Beyonce like barely has any lines. Yeah, she's always just kind of like, oh, Inspector. Yeah, sorry, I'm like hearing a noise in my room. I'm trying to figure out what maybe the fan. Could you hear that, like, squeaking? No. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if it's, like, somebody yelling outside or something. Or my fan. Um, you know when you have, like, a fan and it starts shaking and you're like, if this hits me, I might it's as well It's actually Steve Martin. He's like, newspaper! Uh, <laughs> that was actually funny, too. Newspaper! That, like, that... Like, again, and there are hints in this movie, right, of, like, good comedy writing, good slapstick... But so often it's overshadowed by like either the way too sexual or the way too like the way too sort of gross and like at the end of the day like I just walked away from this movie being like that fucking sucked and I didn't have any fun like I I, I had like zero fun watching it yeah. I had I had some fun with the nostalgia of it but like if this is a movie you're showing me for the first time it, it would be one of those movies where I go like why the fuck do people like it so much? Do you think this movie is more enjoyable when you're not sober? yeah i think i called it like bad in a fun way but like in retrospect i just think this movie was like a drag the whole time yeah if you had to rank it uh zero to five stars where would you rank it i i gave it a one and a half on letterboxd in in terms of like how bad i know some movies from childhood can be i i i would give it a two at maximum just because i think that the story is so weak like so a movie like shark boy and lava girl i've seen like clips you know clips of it out of context and it's like yeah it's pretty terrible but at the end of the day there's like a good story at the heart of that movie yeah. and i feel like that that's something that's missing from this movie is that there's no good story at the heart of it yeah gut reaction i was gonna say one but maybe you make some valid points i could move it up to like a 1.5 but like it's very fresh and i just like did not like it was kind of like homework and not fun homework like some of these movies that i watch here like feel like a chore and this was one of them yep uh, yep I, I i couldn't agree more i just feel like it was like what the fuck are we doing with our day that we're watching yeah. this which is why i feel like robin and Cuba need to love themselves more if they're gonna like watch terrible movies like that like aren't <laughs> like i feel like there's not a ton to make fun of this movie like it's just like just bad like some of it's fun but like there's not a ton of making fun with this movie right right and i feel like that like this movie doesn't even have like redeeming qualities of like oh like a really really good performance from this person like there's the pink nothing panther himself had a great performance like the cartoon pink panther in the opening credits yeah the, uh, the, and that's why i feel like the the inherent idea of like the pink panther doesn't work outside of a cartoon universe because the pink panther 
is a great sort of like, you know, Tom and Jerry, like Roadrunner, Wile E. Coyote sort of bit. And it, it doesn't work when you just translate it into reality. Yeah. Um, I love the Pink Panther theme song, though. The, and, and I have to say, I really, I did enjoy the remix. Yeah. And then I enjoyed the the Beyonce track without the Beyonce vocals. I think that the song was hilariously weird. But the what is just like the why didn't they just let her sing one of her own songs? Right, that song's not. But okay, but then this movie's credits have a Beyonce song in them. Oh, see, I didn't watch the credits. I can't. The checkup. The the songs. The the end of the movie translates from transitions from whatever song it's playing to checkup on it, and you're like, why the fuck is checkup on it playing? Like, oh my god. (sighs) But I did. I think that like. First of all, Beyonce looks beautiful in this movie. I mean, um, she looks Beyonce, so beautiful. Uh, but that's also one of my other big issues is I feel like um, this movie didn't utilize anything in terms of like costume design or production design that could have made it really spectacular. Yeah. I think that it like was so serious in all of its elements, except for like the stupidity of like the action that it, it didn't like like it didn't like stand out oh you know what another movie we should talk about is it's the garfield movies what about the cat in the hat oh the cat uh you know what i would love to talk about the cat in the hat because that movie's deranged um <laughs> like and i don't i i definitely saw a little of it but i don't remember the full thing so i would love to see that like and and it's funny because um we were watching Danny and I were watching something and I talked about Jim Carrey playing the Grinch um I think fuck I can't remember what it was maybe it was the Sopranos made a joke about like Jim Carrey playing the Grinch but like that actually genuinely happened um and Danny was like I didn't know that I was like what do you mean you did like somebody called the shot didn't know I know I was like what do you mean you didn't know that Jim Carrey played the Grinch but somebody in a TV show somewhere called the shot of Jim Carrey Jim Carrey playing the Grinch I think it was the Sopranos and I was like holy shit they called the shot like they did it um you know it would have been more impressive if they said Bennett Cumberbatch before he existed like no did you see that one that was the first movie I ever saw with my AMC Stubbs best I no you couldn't have paid me but I do like that animation style of like yeah. closer to what dr seuss obviously is going for although we can watch the lorax because i bet that shit's off the fucking rails i saw horton here's a who i saw that movie in theaters i saw both no i saw horton here this is a who on a plane and i saw uh the lorax in theaters i saw crew the crudes on like a date um <laughs> stop what about the new one? Are you gonna go see it? I don't know. I was thinking about whether I whether or not I should witness the crudes again. But I saw so I went on a date with this guy who's very nice, um, who I will not name because he still follows me on stuff. But we we kind of were Brian dancing or <laughs> we kind of were dancing around the idea of like going on a date, and so we just said, let's go to the movies together. Okay. And we didn't do a single thing on this date. Didn't even kiss. Didn't even. And I had like I was an adult who had sex by then. Like, don't get me wrong, but like we didn't do anything on this date. And he's very sweet, but we saw the crudes, and I was like, 
I was a senior in high school and he was a sophomore in college. Why were we seeing the Croods? I don't know. You a big Nick Cage um, fan? I don't know. Honestly, that movie's kind of that movie slaps. There's the movie. There's a moment where you think the dog's gonna die and then he doesn't die, and I was like, "This is the best movie ever." <laughs> like, we could do like a whole Ice Age series, like. Basically. Oh, Ice Age! Oh my god, fucking Ice Age! I feel like you are would be a perfect like theater, like community theater version of Sid. I don't know what I mean by this, but so I can't tell if it's like an like an insult. It's a to compliment because or like no, a... because you're. Funny and like you would be the comedic relief in any community. I do like Sid this lot. I have to say he's funny. Like you might also be the grandma. I forget who voices the grandma. Is it Whoopi Goldberg? No, I don't know. I didn't know that the grandma spoke. No, she's the hyena linking. Oh, that's what you're getting confused with. Oh, they sloth in Ice Age. Who voiced Granny? Oh, oh, there's a grandma sloth. I thought you were talking about like the Inuit people. Wanda Sykes. What is I I used to be obsessed with Wanda Sykes stand up. Like, oh, I did too. Oh my god, were you like a left it at me and my best friend in the time in high school always used to say left it at home. Yes. And like I don't know why we were allowed to talk about that or why we were allowed to witness that or why we loved it so much. Um I think my favorite was the one when she talks about her like family and how like her kids are like white blue eyed and her wife is too and then sometimes it feels like when she does all the work in the kitchen she was like what are we doing here <laughs> Wanda Sykes is very funny I love Wanda Sykes that's like I used to be like really into like Kathy Griffin but like yeah. not in a way that I could remember any sort of Kathy Griffin stand-up or comedy but I just liked it yeah um, most I- of the comedy I remember from Kathy Griffin was when she like roasted Frankie Grande <laughs> zing um let i actually think um that isn't wanda sykes in over the hedge she might be yeah let's let me look at this voice cast yeah i, I think she's in over the hedge right steve carell's in it too bruce willis oh she's the skunk she plays the skunk oh my god yes. iconic. william shatner what is this cast avril lavigne i'm telling you iconic nick nolte is in this like over the hedge is like an Allison iconic Janney? out of control movie brian stepanik this is a cast oh we don't like bruce willis <laughs> we don't like bruce willis i mean he's like on. he's like yeah he's crazy they're all yeah. but all celebrity here's the thing like bruce willis is crazy so many other celebrities are crazy oh, yeah. that we like don't talk about enough but like we just just like no proof why is rob schneider crazy. famous like why oh uh there's there's actually a great um YouTube uh video. Colleen Haskell. That's why she escaped the limelight after doing oh, yeah, that, that movie. That movie is also heinous. That okay. Here's the thing. Um, there's a YouTuber. I think it's Drew Gooden, who obviously is pretty famous on YouTube. He watched one episode from every season of um Saturday Night Live, which I think is a really interesting experiment. And he talks about how like Rob Schneider is just not funny and like. They run his bits into the ground, but like Rob Schneider is just completely riding the coattails of his famous friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stand by that. Fuck Rob Schneider. Yep. Um, here's my question to you. Are you watching Drag Race All Star Season Six? I haven't watched the last episode, but I know what happens. But yes, Who I are you watched. rooting for? Um I was re- uh, Trinity. Um K Bonet. That's my number one, I guess. Okay. Um I was rooting for Jiggly Hard. Um 
a carry I guess is like a sleeper pick for me like I, I always liked to carry and I thought she was like kind of underserved on that season compared to like Silky and Nina and Brooklyn and Evie I feel like she was like and Banji I feel like everyone else was kind of like overshadowing her and I feel like she was like actually a real star um, I, I I agree. I think Akiria is. Uh, I don't think she should have been on the bottom based on everything I read. I didn't. No, watch it, so no. Yeah. I, I I first of all, Eureka's performance was horrible. This Eureka, this, I I need her. To go I hate Eureka O'Hara. I'm sorry to. I her. was willing to give her a chance this season, but like I'm. So I, I want a look. I, I I feel like she's gonna win I, this season. Like I, but I really want like a big girl to win Drag Race. I understand this sentiment a thousand percent. I've thought it, I've I was thinking about it a lot of like very rarely does anybody on Drag Race get to a good point um, when they're plus size. But having it the options be Ginger Minge, the three peat, Eureka O'Hara, and, and Silky Nutmeg Nash, and Jiggly, and, and well Jiggly Jiggly robbed, but like I hope she's the one who comes back. I do too. What an absolute like slog of options, and I just feel like at this point, like it should really be a focus of getting a new queen at that level, rather rather than like I mean, good for like Yuriko O'Hara having her TV show, like all this stuff. But and Jiggly's on TV too, right? But like, give somebody new the chance to potentially be a like non skinny winner of there are so many like people out there like uh, i'm trying to i can't think of any right now but uh like oh okay um shit candy muse let's talk about her because she was like a lot but i think like part of me was also rooting for her because i was like okay i can at least stand by this pick like even though like she should have gone home a few times like compared to the other options that we've had where it was like eureka and silky i was like i wouldn't mind a candy muse when compared to them that said she should have been sent home when olivia lux was sent home and I stand by that. When Olivia Lux was in her, oh yeah, because Candy was like in the bottom like five times that season. So yeah, I think the problem with Drag Race in general is that like I think that Michelle and and RuPaul are actually terrible judges. I think Carson is pretty good and like the just, replace like, Ross and Carson with Nicole Byer and Lonnie Love permanently. Um, okay, here's my question to you before, because I think we need to wrap up. But here's my yeah. question: Do you think that RuPaul actually likes Michelle Visage? Is my theory is he doesn't. I think he does as a friend, but he hates her as a producer. My theory is that RuPaul does not enjoy talking to Michelle Visage, but Michelle Visage is somebody who knows how to talk to RuPaul and won't be like, "Oh, I also think he says, don't look me in the Michelle. eye." more than Michelle needs him. Like, that that might be sacrilege. I think he needs Michelle to clean out his fires. Yes, yes. And I she's think the Michelle... only one who puts effort with the queens outside of the show. Right, right. It, it's kind of like having, like, a personal assistant in a weird way. Yeah. Um, well, that's all I really have to say on this movie. I feel yeah. like this movie is, like, Any, who was your shockingly light was... on content. Yeah. Favorite character, obviously, his friend. Like, um... Yeah, I think my other uh, my other fave is um, Nicole. It, yeah, it is Nicole. I think Nicole is a funny character, um, but I, Again, I don't think it's done. Kelsey from High School Musical looks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but I, I did want to say, uh, can we talk about the fact that like this man never got sued for all the like damage he did to the city, to the people, to his boss? Well, 
I feel like at the end of the day, like this movie is. He got an award for buffoonery. This is why AC. Right. This is this movie is such a cartoonish interpretation of the country of France. Like. Yeah. Again, this movie just said a cab with their whole chest. This movie said that cops do absolutely nothing correct, and you. But also, what is that? TMZ solved the murder. Yeah. What is also that reveal of like, um, oh, it's you. What is that reveal of like? you just being like all trainers should know chinese medicine it's like what the fuck there was kind no of plot setup. point reveal is that like okay and he had to be like a sharpshooter because it was like like none of this stuff was set up and then like the, right. the like i didn't they also didn't need to flashback they could have just been like just like people need to know chinese medicine if they're like doctors or whatever or something or right like, but you're you're the trainer who trains is such a funny stupid joke. Um, but like, don't leave the what, country except for the Americas, France, or or the Asia or Europe. <laughs> do not leave France. I, yeah, I just I, I this this movie like I would Speak, like to leave France. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of France, how's your amazing race binge going? Uh, um, I finished. Uh, I finished this the very first Rachel and Brendan season. Um, speaking of ACAB, suck at Art and JJ, stay Hate mad, so keep losing, you bat, rotten bastards. Yes. Um, but I think that said, that- okay, that said, personality wise, I did kind of like Neri and Jamie. Like, compare. Oh, but, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the but bed. that cast also was kind of annoying. Like, I liked Rachel and Brendan. My mom hated them. Um, I kind of was here for Vanessa and Ralph because they were messy. Um, and yeah, then Vanessa and Ralph Mark were funny and Bopper are annoying, but I don't like that archetype. There's actually, I was reading um, this very funny, uh, uh, oh, and also, um, fuck you, Jen, Jet and, and Cord, Cord uh, keep losing to gay people, fuck you. Um, and I, I have to say that, like, I read a really funny interview where, like, Vanessa basically goes, like, Rachel, Rachel hates me because I'm a Democrat or something like that. And Rachel and friends are like, we're pro-choice. I don't know what she's talking about. It's really funny. Like I was I reading like all this stuff. Prime. It's like, like before Rob was friends with like Rachel and Brennan. So like he so and Nicole funny. would make so much fun of them, like on their Big Brother seasons and then on that Amazing Race season. So like there's some prime RGB content from that era. Like I'm pretty sure it's deleted now, but there was a whole breakdown. I be- I want to say of like the whole Rachel Brendan breakup saga. At the time. They broke up. I'll tell you offline. Oh, okay, okay. We're gonna okay, we're gonna offline about this. But thank you for listening. Thank yes, you. Do for we have a hashtag? Um this this movie's hashtag is um uh just the, whatever misspelling of hamburger that you can YouTube, do. Yes. There. there you go. Where can people keep up with you? Uh at Naomi Calhoun on Twitter at uh Naomi on Instagram with un- with little under dashies in it. I don't know. And more Twitch, more right? importantly than I just watched Survivor New York, tweet at me. Um No play for I the genius. That, uh yeah, tweet me about the genius. But also um check out I've covered uh, a bunch of college survivor seasons lately. We just wrapped up our Survivor Michigan season four coverage uh, and wait, 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 can I can I break some news? Like you you were in a certain survivor michigan representatives apartment recently oh yeah i was at claire's apartment (laughs) so creepy i was kind of sitting there and it's so funny because it's just like my apartment right so casual but then i was kind of like oh my god this is like this is like claire's apartment were you there by yourself 
No, so my my friend Sarah Gallagher, who is on, uh, I sh- I don't know if I should be exposing her last name, but it's fine. She's she's iconic. Sarah, who's on season four of Survivor New York, I played Survivor Buffalo with her. She was also on Survivor Michigan season one. She knows Claire. They're good friends. Sarah had said to me like a couple months ago, like I might be in New York in July, and then I asked her about it later, and she's like, I'm actually not going to be there anymore. And then the news of Claire being on Big Brother broke. Claire went to Michigan with Sarah and is the reason Sarah played Survivor Michigan. Um, the, the news broke. I texted Sarah. I was like, is this Claire? And she was like, yes, it is. She oh my God, that's why I wasn't going to be in New York in July. I was like, well, she might be on the show now. So uh, so Sarah was in town for a couple things. So I went to their apartment and then we went out. I hung out with uh, some more of my Survivor New York beloved people and some Survivor Michigan friends. Uh, and this is all to say that Survivor Michigan is a really, really great season. And they, they released four seasons that they're going to do in All-Stars. And I, I just say this like as a fan, but you can also listen to my coverage because I did interviews with everybody and they're really great. Oh, yeah. um, so you've done an interview with Ben? Uh, I interviewed Ben last season. I did not get to interview okay. Ben this so, season. Did I ever tell you that we, so he was in. Yes, yes. Like, we talked about this, Felipe. I have okay. to wrap up. I'm just plugging Survivor Michigan. They're doing All-Stars for season five. It's going to be good. So catch up now. That's what I'm saying. Okay. We'll offline about this all. Yes. Um, in terms of me, you can follow me at what the fleep and at Brazil Dragon Pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, recently, we did a High School Musical Musical series recap with Marcel talking about eight and nine episodes, eight or nine of season two. Also, Scooby Snatch and Chats are back this week. We'll have AJ Norris joining us for Chelsea, and then in a few weeks, Miss Naomi Calhoun will be joining us for the Goblin one. Um, I don't know if Naomi remember that she signed up for that one, but she's there. I but... definitely don't, but it's fine. It, as um, long as it's not the next week, I'll be there. Oh, no, it's like we, we're, we do every two weeks. Um, so uh, we still have AJ to come up. Also, speaking of AJ, he was our most recent guest on What You're Doing. Iconic. Did you listen to that one? Not yet, but, it, it was but like I loved it. Oh, mess. We talked Look, about racism. I got, a whole, I got a whole flight coming up, so. It was, it was a great time. Um, AJ's the best. And then also check me out over now. Yes, come on, Renap um so yes uh, <laughs> hashtag your favorite spelling of hamburger um and <laughs> naomi it's always a pleasure to catch up with you uh, we should we should chat soon like offline okay bye friend I'm, I'm gonna eat a cookie now do it eat your cookie and eat your cream cheese bye bye